you have your Bible, go with me to Philippians 4. Philippians 4. And we have been working our way through chapter 4 at a steady pace. Let's look at the first few verses here. We're going to look at verses 6 and 7 this morning, but I, I just want to start at the top and read these verses because they're connected in this uh, chapter. Of course, all of God's Word is connected, and, and there are common threads throughout the Scriptures, but, but I, want to see, I want you to see these verses in context before we dive into our uh, work through the Word this morning. So look at verse 1, Philippians 4. Therefore, my brothers whom I love and long for, my joy and crown, stand firm thus in the Lord, my beloved. I entreat Yodia and I entreat Syntyche to agree in the Lord. Yes, I ask you also, true companion, help these women who have labored side by side with me in the gospel together with Clement and the rest of my fellow workers whose names are in the book of life. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say, rejoice. Let your reasonableness Be known to everyone. The Lord is at hand. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Would you bow your heads with me as we pray? Father, we come to your word this morning. And I pray that you would do a work that only you can do. But Lord, help us to humble ourselves before your word so that we will trust you and take steps of obedience to honor and glorify you with our lives. Lord, we pray that you would teach us and instruct us with your word. And as we've gathered around together this morning to worship you, help us to worship you in your word now in these moments together. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. When we entered uh, Philippians 4 a few weeks ago, we heard what we just read in verse 1. Therefore, my brothers, whom I love and long for, my joy and crown, stand firm. Stand firm, thus in the Lord my beloved. Speaking to believers in the Lord Jesus Christ, we are to stand firm Believers in Jesus Christ have been commanded to stand firm. This is not a question. This is a statement that we are to follow. This is a command from God's Word that we're to seek to be firm in our faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, firm in our understanding and and confidence in the truths of God's Word so that we stand firm in our faith in the Lord. And what we've seen in recent weeks following verse 1 are several practical ways in which we practice standing firm in the Lord. And we've seen help here, and I think that many of us have been greatly encouraged by the help that we've seen here, and that's what God's Word does. It helps us. It applies to the here and now. Yes, the Bible is an old book, but it is still applicable to life. It is still current. It is still necessary and completely applicable to your life. Standing firm begins with a solid foundation in faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Remember, the Lord Jesus Christ took on Himself 
the punishment that we deserve for our sins. And so to stand firm in the Lord, you've got to begin there. Have you turned to the Lord Jesus Christ and have you trusted Him as your Lord and Savior without faith in Christ, without your sins being forgiven through Christ? You cannot stand firm. Your life is going to be tumultuous and you will not have control over what's going on around you. Even believers find that a challenge that we find ourselves feeling like we can't control things around us. And you can't. But when you have Christ, when your faith is in Christ, the Holy Spirit shows up with the Word and helps you. And we're going to see that this morning. So standing firm in the Lord begins with your faith fixed on the Lord Jesus Christ. Then we saw in verses 2 and 3 that standing firm in the Lord means being devoted to living in harmony with your brothers and sisters in Christ. We see that problem here in the church. It was two women. It could have been two men. It could have been anyone in the church with, who are sideways with each other. And Paul writes, look, these these women who have served side by side for the faith of the gospel, help them straighten out their differences. He says to the ladies, get this fixed. And he says to the church, come alongside them and help them, which reminds us we need to be devoted to living in harmony with God's people. And then we saw in verse 4 that standing firm in the Lord includes learning to always rejoice in the Lord. When it feels like joy is hard, when it feels like peace is fleeting, you're always going to find joy and you're going to find peace if you will learn to always rejoice in the Lord. And then last week we saw in verse 5 that standing firm in the Lord means being people of God who are known for our peace in the midst of adversity. Being people of God who are known for our peace in the midst of adversity. Being at peace in adversity because you're trusting in God. You're not trusting in yourself. You're trusting in God. You're trusting in all the things that He has promised you and is working in you and through you and around you from His Word. You're Hope is in God. And that is a powerful testimony to the watching world. When you can experience and demonstrate peace because you're trusting God in the midst of adversity, the world will take note. You won't even have to, dem- you won't even have to say, hey, I'm at peace. They're going to see it. Unbelievers will see that you're at peace and they'll, they may be puzzled about it. They may not be able to understand it. But what a powerful testimony for the work that God promises to do in His people. And if you will fix your eyes on Jesus, whose work on the cross is finished on your behalf, if you will learn to walk with God by filling your heart and mind with the truths of His Word, if you will learn to trust God in everything, realizing that He is in control, then you can also know peace, experience peace, even in the midst of adversity. I heard of a billboard recently. Maybe you've seen this before. I've not seen it, but I heard it described. It said, no Jesus, no peace. N-O, Jesus, N-O, peace. No Jesus, no peace. That's true. The next line said, no Jesus, K 
K-N-O-W. No peace. K-N-O-W. No Jesus, no peace. That's true. And that's what we're hearing from the Scriptures. That's really what having peace in adversity comes down to. Do you know God? Are you really seeking to know the Lord and trust Him? If you're lacking peace in adversity, then that should tell you that your faith in God is lacking. You need to pursue a knowledge of God and strengthen your faith in the promises of God. If you find yourself in the midst of adversity and you're beside yourself trying to figure out what to do and you have no peace, you need to know God more fully. And as we read the text this morning, I want you to see that there are three ways that Paul shows us that we can stand firm in the Lord by resisting the temptation to doubt God, to doubt that God is in control. If you'll pay attention to these and practice these, you will know peace, you will experience peace in adversity because you know God and because you know He is in control And you are resting in His promises. Look at your Bible again at Philippians 4 and verses 6 and 7. Let me read them again. This is our focus this morning. Verses 6 and 7. Follow along as I read from the English Standard Version. Do not be anxious about anything. Can we just back up for a moment? Look at verse 5. What does verse 5 say? This is, in fact, uh, the sentence in in, uh, the English Standard Version translation starts starts in verse 5. The Lord is at hand. Do not be anxious about anything. But in everything, says verse 6, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God and the peace of God God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. So how do we stand firm in the Lord? How can we have peace? How can we experience peace when we're in the midst of difficulty, adversity, hardship, troubles? The implication of what Paul shows us here in verses 6 and 7, is that you must, to experience peace in the midst of adversity, you must trust God. That's what we're being pointed to when Paul says in the first part of verse 6, do not be anxious about anything. Before we get to those three points I want to make this morning, I want to deal with this for a moment. Let's deal with this thought How can Paul possibly tell believers in Jesus not to be anxious about anything? I know you hear that and you might go, that's unrealistic. Are you tempted to think that? You might think, he couldn't possibly know what I'm going through. How could he say that? Now, remember, this is God's Word and God moved men to write the words that he wanted in his word, the Bible. And so 
this is the Holy Spirit speaking through Paul, moving Paul to say these words. So God wanted him to say this. So let's be careful that we don't resist and go, that's unreasonable. Because what, what God expects of us is totally reasonable and is totally possible. You might think, he couldn't possibly know how difficult my life is. Can we pause for a moment and think about where Paul was writing from? <laughs> you know where Paul was writing from? He was writing from prison. He's jailed with a constant Roman guard at his side. Speaking of adversity, he didn't know whether he was going to live or die. Paul knows what troubles are, and yet his eyes his powerful example, which we have been seeing again and again here in Philippians, his eyes are fixed on Jesus, fixed on the promises of God. He's standing firm in the Lord. His faith in God is strong because he's not looking at his circumstances. He's looking at God. And so when Paul says, do not be anxious about anything, we cannot say back to him, we cannot say back to the text, well, that's easy for you to say. <laughs> you don't face the kinds of trials I'm facing. If anyone had a reason to be anxious, I would suggest it was Paul. And yet, he demonstrates that he is at peace. How in the world does Paul do that? He shows us. He shows us. And this is not uncommon ground in the Bible. This is common ground. In addition to here in Philippians, God has clearly commanded us elsewhere in His Word not to be anxious about our difficult circumstances. So have you ever stopped to think that giving in to worry, giving in to anxiety about your circumstances, is actually a sin? Have you ever stopped to think about that? God's Word... God's Word points us to that truth. Listen to the words of Jesus from Matthew 6, 34. Therefore, do not be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. Do not be anxious about tomorrow. That does not sound like a suggestion. Luke 12, 32 reminds you that you have no reason to be anxious because God is in control. Listen, when it says, Fear not, little children, for it is your Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. When I hear a passage like that, that's pointing to the fact that we have a heavenly Father who is in control and can usher you into His kingdom. If He can do that, He can care for all of your needs. Fear not. So fear not, little flock. For it is your Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. And you can take heart in what you are told also in a passage like 1 Peter 5, 7. Casting all your anxieties on Him. Why? Because He cares for you. If the God of the universe cares for you, that is a delightful truth. That's a wonderful truth. But you say, just a little bit of worry? Just, you'll, you'll let me have just a little bit of worry. That's okay, right? No. No. Listen, we're commanded 
by God not to be anxious about anything, and we're given every reason not to worry, not to be anxious. Paul doesn't say it's okay to worry about a few things, or even that one thing that is really important to you that nobody else cares about, and only you know about that one thing's yours to worry about. No! He says, do not be anxious about, what's the word? Anything. This is not to suggest, let me just pause here for a moment, this is not to suggest that you're to act like you don't care about anything. <laughs> All right, don't hear me saying just, you know, I don't care, whatever, you know, whatever. That's a, so, such a common thing, right? Uh, people say, oh, I'm sorry, and somebody says, whatever. Oh, I offended you, I'm really sorry, whatever. No! No, we should care. We shouldn't go around acting like we don't care. You are to care enough about the situations around you that you want to do what would please God in those situations. So yes, you should care and you should do everything you can do to please God in those situations. But sometimes things are so far outside of your control that as you are trying to do what would please God, you realize, I need to trust God with this. I need to take my hands off and and. I'm not going to let God do anything because he's in control. <laughs> that kind of language is just hard. We, sometimes we say, I just let God have that. Careful. God's in control. You don't need to let him do anything. You don't even need to let him have your problems, but do give them up to him and surrender them to him and lay them at his feet and do not lose sleep over those problems. And God shows up to give you peace. That's his promise. We're going to see it here. If you're a student and you have a test, I know students who don't enjoy school are thinking, why did you have to bring that up? It's August and school begins soon. And you didn't like me saying that either. I'm just so happy I'm not in school anymore. Mm, I struggled with school when I was a youngster. But if you're you're in school and you have a test coming, you are to study. Be diligent. Make time to prepare yourself well for the test. And then go to sleep the night before and rest. Don't worry about the outcome. Do your best. Yes, care. If you have an unsaved loved one, family member, coworker, and you're concerned about their, their need for Christ, do your best to represent the Lord Jesus Christ to them. Be, do your best to be a witness to them. But do not fret and stew and worry about whether they're going to come to Christ or not. Leave that in God's hands. Continue to pray for them. Continue to do your best, but don't lose sleep over it. In all situations, we remember that the Bible teaches that God is at work. He is sovereign. God is in control. And thankfully, when the Spirit moved Paul to deliver a command from God to not be anxious about anything, he also moved Paul to give you the cure for anxiety. He moved Paul to give you the cure for worry so that you can stand firm in your faith, so that you can experience peace in the midst of adversity. So here's the first way to stand firm in adversity by actively trusting God. Here's how you actively trust God and stand firm and experience peace in the midst of adversity. The cure for being anxious, the cure for weak faith is prayer. We're waiting for something profound. It's 
It sounds simple, doesn't it? But you know how hard it is to pray sometimes. But the, the cure is prayer. Instead of being anxious about your adversities, you are to actively trust God. Prayer is actively trusting God. You need to actively trust God as you go to Him in prayer. Look again at verse 6. But in everything, by prayer and supplication. Prayer and supplication. Two ways of describing prayer. We'll get to that supplication in a moment. But prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your requests be made known to God. That's prayer. Prayer is the replacement for anxiety and worry. And if you want to be obedient to God, when you find yourself anxious, when you're concerned and deeply troubled by your adversities, then you must pray. You're only going to find the help you need when you turn to God in prayer. Why pray? Because God is in control. Did you hear me say that yet? You pray because God's in control. And God hears and answers the prayers of His children. Let's hear this from Matthew 7, 7. Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. That's talking about beseeching God, going to God in prayer. And James 5, 13 says, Is anyone among you suffering? Let him pray. It doesn't say let him worry. It says let him pray. John 14, 13 and 14 gives you this great encouragement about going to God in prayer. Whatever you ask in my name, this I will do that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask anything in my name, I will do it. Remember, there's a powerful reminder there that talking to God in prayer requires that we be asking according to God's will. And God will answer your prayers according to His will. That's what 1 John 5.14 teaches us. And this is the confidence that we have toward Him that if we ask anything according to His will, He hears us. And when it says He hears us, it means that God doesn't just hear us and go, oh, thanks for that. He cares and He does some. He acts. When God hears, He acts. How can you know God's will, you might ask? How can I pray according to God's will? I'm so glad you asked. It's in His Word. You need to know the Bible. You need to know God from His Word. And God trains your heart with the truth so that you will do His will and so that you will pray according to His will, so that you will pray in ways that honor Him and ask for the things that honor and please Him. That's why you need to be a reader of the Bible. And when you pray for what God wants, God loves to answer those requests. And Psalm 99, verse 6, shows you how in the lives of Moses and Aaron and Samuel, God answered their prayers. And by example, you can know that He will answer your prayers if you will humble yourself before Him. Moses and Aaron were among His priests. Samuel also was among those who called upon His name. They prayed to God. They called to the Lord, and He answered them. The psalmist also says, Psalm 86, verse 7, In the day of my trouble I call upon you. Why? For you answer me. And there's this in Psalm 34, 4, I sought the Lord and He answered me. 
and delivered me from all my fears. Yes, God will hear and answer the believer in Jesus who calls out to him in prayer with faith. You also need to have a desire and a willingness to take steps of obedience. That's what praying with faith means. If you trust God, then you're going to obey God. Why? Because God is in control. You can hear it in a passage like Acts 17, 26, where we learn of God's sovereignty over all the days of mankind. And He, God, made from one man every nation of mankind to live on all the face of the earth, having determined allotted periods and the boundaries of their dwelling places. In effect, God is in control. And so prayer is the replacement for anxiety over your adversities. You are to take your troubles to the Lord in prayer, to the one who is in control, to the creator of the universe and orders the affairs of mankind. And he hears and he answers your humble prayers. Don't be anxious about anything, but pray about everything. Matthew Henry, commentator. Matthew Henry wrote that when anything burdens our spirits, we must ease our minds by prayer. When our affairs are perplexed or distressed, we must seek direction and support. And that direction and support we need is found in God through prayer. Prayer is a necessity for the believer in Jesus who wishes to stand firm in the Lord. In the words of Jesus from Luke 18:1, we ought always to pray and not lose heart. And in the familiar 1 Thessalonians 5:17, we know that we are to pray without ceasing. You have a perplexing problem? Don't worry. Pray without ceasing. Trust God without ceasing. What you're hearing from the Bible is that you're to take the Lord at His word when He promises to hear and answer your prayers, when you pray according to His will, and He cares about every detail of your lives. Don't be anxious about anything. Pray about everything. The Bible is telling you that you are to take to the Lord in prayer all of your concerns and to leave them with Him. Now, I want you to note there's an important component of praying that's seen here, that's seen in two words that we need to pay attention to. The two words are these, with thanksgiving. With thanksgiving. The key to standing firm in the Lord as you deal with temptation to be anxious and worry is to be thankful as you pray. Pray with thanksgiving. That's number two. Here's the second way to stand firm in adversity by actively trusting God. Here's how you actively trust God. You pray and tell God about your needs. But at the same time, do not neglect being grateful, thankful. Be thankful in all of your prayers. Be thankful. In all of your supplications, be thankful. It's possible to go God, go to God in prayer without faith and to make demands. And, and offer up complaints and grievances as to why he hasn't done this for you yet. And God would be grieved by a prayer like that because it's not offered with gratitude and submission to the Lord's will be done. In all of your supplications, in all of your prayers, be thankful. Supplication, 
It's when you go to God in prayer with all the details, with all the specific needs that you have. And so as you get kind of caught up in all the needs that you have and offering those needs to God, He wants to hear about them. He wants you to bear your soul to Him and and ask for His help in all of those needs. But do not get distracted and forget to be thankful when you're pouring out your heart to God. So Paul says that all of this, in all of your praying and supplication, be thankful to God. After all, God is the one who hears and answers. This is important. Remember, if you want to be free from anxiety, free from worry, pray about everything, and pray about everything with thanksgiving to God. Prayer with thanksgiving is is God's cure for anxiety and worry about your adversities. You might wonder, how can that be? How can it be that praying does this? It's because when your attention is focused on God and His goodness, you cannot keep your eyes on your inability to change your situation. You are fixing your eyes on the one who has the ability to help you in your situation and change your situation if He sees fit. Instead of fixing your eyes on your problems, you're fixing your eyes of faith on your mighty, powerful, sovereign, loving God. Anxiety and failing to pray and failing to pray with gratitude is a failure to, with thanksgiving, trust God. And so Colossians 4.2 tells you that you are to continue steadfastly, that's with faith and perseverance, continue steadfastly in prayer, being watchful in it, with thanksgiving. What do you have to be thankful for, you might wonder? Everything. Everything. You should thank God that He is in control when you pray. You should thank God for a day to live for His glory as you pray. You should thank God for salvation by grace through faith in the Lord Jesus Christ and in Him alone, not by works when you pray. You should thank God that He hears and cares and answers your prayers and His timing. You can thank Him that His timing is perfect even if it doesn't align with your timing. And His answers are perfect even if they don't align with your requests. So be steadfast and watchful in prayer and pray with gratitude. Be thankful. Focus on God and His goodness And you will learn to trust God with your problems and you won't be fixating on your problems. You will be standing firm in your faith because of His good provision, because of His good promises. And you can be assured His answers are on the way. Anxiety will rob you of joy. It will rob you of peace. But when you put your eyes on the Lord through prayer, that is that is filled with thanksgiving, that is organized by by reminding yourself of all the good things that God has blessed you with, your anxiety and your worry will fade. Now here's the third way to stand firm in adversity by actively trusting God. And you do need to be actively trusting God this way. It leads us to the result of praying about everything with thanksgiving instead of worrying. You need to rest. Rest. 
rest in the security that you have in the peace of God. Now, this is largely a part that the Holy Spirit works in you and helps you with. The the Holy Spirit will help you rest secure in the peace that he alone offers. But you cannot have this rest if if you aren't willing to replace worry with prayer. When you're worried or anxious about something, it should be a a red flag to you to stop and pray and go to God with gratitude and thankful prayer. When you replace worry with thankful prayer, God is gracious to give you His peace. Look at verse 7. Would you look at it? Verse 7. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. God gives peace when you trust God in prayer. When you go to God in prayer with a trusting heart, with with a desire to take steps of obedience as you learn of Him from His Word, God gives peace that is beyond your comprehension. It's, It's unnatural in a way. God is giving you His blessing of peace even in the midst of adversity, when you trust Him in prayer with thanksgiving and know that you can rest, that He gives you peace. God gives inner peace when the storms are raging all around you when you trust Him in prayer with thanksgiving. You are to trust God with your troubles in prayer offered with gratitude. And He will graciously give you peace. And you actively trust God when you choose to rest in that peace. You can go to God in prayer and say, God, here's my troubles. I trust you. I know you're in control. So so take my problems and deal with them and help me. If you're trying to change me, change me. And then you can walk away and get all scrambled up in trying to fix everything yourself. And that's not trusting God. If it's out of your control to do anything about the situation in a way that pleases the Lord, in a way that honors God, then you need to take your hands off and rest in the peace that God gives you as you trust Him in prayer. And He will graciously give you peace. I like to think about it this way. There's a divine exchange going on. The trade is your anxiety for His peace. That's a pretty pretty good trade, isn't it? You might think, well, that's not fair. That's okay. God will take your anxiety. He'll give you His peace if you'll trust Him. It says Isaiah 26.3, You keep Him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because He trusts in you. Do you trust in God? I know you have adversities. Every person in this room has problems and challenges to face. Some of them are harder than others, but God cares about every one of them. Are you trusting God? God's perfect peace protects you from anxiety and worry. If you're a follower of Jesus, learning to stand firm in your faith in the Lord, you don't have to be anxious. You don't have to be fretful or uptight about your adversities You will have adversities this side of heaven. You will have troubles and difficulties this side of heaven. But there's a way to deal with them that God is giving you and he is offering you his peace that's beyond your comprehension when it comes. 
There is a cure for anxiety. It's found through prayer offered with thanksgiving. Anxiety won't bring you peace. It won't bring you joy. But prayer offered with thanksgiving with your mind fixed on God's will is something that God will work in you. So rest in the peace that God offers you when you trust Him with your troubles in prayer offered with thanksgiving. And I want you to hear this. If today you want this peace instead of anxiety and you have not trusted in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, I challenge you, I plead with you, when we pray, if you want this peace that God offers, you humble yourself before God and admit that you're a sinner in need of a Savior. Thank Him for His Savior, the Savior He sent for you, the Lord Jesus Christ, and He will save you. He will cleanse you and make you new. And he will begin to give you his peace as you trust in him. And believers today hear this. Again, are you trusting God with your adversities, with your problems, with your trials, with your difficult situations, whether at work or at home, in your neighborhood, with people? Are you trusting God with your adversity in prayer offered to him with thanksgiving as you choose to rest in the peace of God he will give you he will give you his peace he will help you he will bring his answers to life in your life as you trust him in prayer with thanksgiving are you choosing to rest in the peace of God that he offers you as you trust him in prayer.